I was writing the scripts. I was writing the content. And so I just didn't talk about evolution. I didn't talk about the things I had an issue with. I just talked about the here and the now and the fun facts. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And you're listening to The Pantry Podcast. We're serving up Jesus, not junk food, for followers of Christ who don't want to just exist, but be challenged, sifted, and changed by the Word of God. And this is Season 10, Go and Tell. And we're digging into the first half of the Great Commission to embolden you to share God's Word during these tumultuous times. Join us and friends from 77 countries as we feast on spiritual nutrition. You can even be a partner that keeps the show going. Support the show at patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast. Now let's dig into the meal. Hey, what's up? Hello, hello. And it's awesome to be here. I know. My tagline, what's up? I'm going to say that every, I was I don't worried. Know if that's every there time. Was, there was like tech glitches. You have, you're getting over a cold. I was oh, like, yeah. is this going to happen? And, and, and you know did. what? God powers us through. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, Lord help, Lord help, Lord. I think I was sitting downstairs today going, oh, Lord. When you help. woke up, I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, my voice has definitely but- improved <laughs> since I woke up. But hey, listen, today we're going to be talking about some cool things. This is a season of evangelism. Yes. And I think that sometimes when we do evangelism, we think that there has to be like this perfect algorithm. Like it's got to line up one, two, three, but God has created us uniquely. Yeah. And in that uniqueness, he's given us the ability and the opportunity to be able to use those things that he's given us Mm -hmm. to share his word. Um, One of the verses that I was actually looking across was Romans one 20, because it really says this, especially with today's guest. I think it's really cool. It says for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse. Mm. Yeah, that actually fits perfect today. Yeah, it does. So um, so today's guest is Peter Schreimer. And you may not know that name. You may be really a big fan of everything this name has done, but he is a wildlife educator, author, media producer, and television host. And he brings the best of North America's wildlife to children and families in accessible ways. With a life devoted to nature education and a degree in filmmaking, he's produced content for PBS, the National Wildlife Federation, Animal Planet, the Smithsonian Channel, and most recently, Answers TV, which is the Answers in Genesis uh, streaming platform. And you can see him on uh, Critter Quest, Creatures of the Lagoon, The Nature of God, and he's going to tell you all about his new one as we we talk. But I do want to shout out that our daughter (laughs) loves him, and you can also get your kids involved in his amazing animal documentary series through Minnow the uh, kids streaming app. So I, I, I'm going to tell you one of the reasons we even pursued because of her. is she's like, can y'all talk to him, please? And, and it was like, perfect right. for and this then every season. Time, every time we bring her up for the pre, you know, like when we talked before yeah. and then now she just sits here like frozen, like staring at the Hello. camera like, hi, but it's so cool, man. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Peter. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, it's great to be here with you guys. Yeah, no, we've, uh, we got to chat beforehand, which was amazing. Um, but yeah, go and tell is the name of the season. And we're talking about all the ways people are going and telling. So how, like when you first think about going and telling, like what's the first thing that comes to your mind, the first story that impacted you? Well, I think that just for like a, a context and a perspective, um, I'll, I'll, I'm a film, I'm a filmmaker, as we talked about, and I actually right. have a degree in film and video, and I've taught American film history and the art of filmmaking and stuff. So as much as of a nature guy that I am, I'm also a film guy and, yeah. uh, and like to engage in that. And so my favorite movie is Amazing Grace. 
um, that came out in 2006 and is about the uh, story of Wil- William Wilberforce and uh, and, his, and God's call upon his life to abolish the slave trade in the entire British Empire. And so it's a very powerful film. It's very historically accurate. It's very well produced. And um, one of the things that I love about that film is it follows the, you know, the biographical you know storyline of William Wilberforce. And he had gone to church as a young man, but then had got, fallen away from his faith and then had this revival moment where God got a hold of him in his early 20s. And so he's working as a politician in parliament and he has this total God moment where he is like, this is it. And I've missed out, you know, in my youth on this, I've fallen away from what God wants me to do and I need to serve the Lord. And so he considers leaving politics in order to serve the Lord. And there's a scene in the movie where a whole bunch of people sit him down at dinner. And he's like, why are all you guys wanting to sit down and talk to me? And (laughs) and they're like, well, we hear that you are wanting to leave politics to serve the Lord. And we want to humbly suggest that you can do both. And so their whole thing was, you can have an influence in the political realm as a believer, and we want you to stay here because you're talented and you're gifted, and you don't have to leave your profession in order to uh, evangelize and to and to serve the Lord and to speak truth. And so I say all that because that means that applies to everything. You know, that's right. it doesn't matter if you're a teacher or a plumber or a lawyer um, or a mechanic. Um, it doesn't matter who you are in life. You can evangelize and serve the Lord no matter who you are. I think that sometimes as Christians, we we understand we're supposed to, you know, share the gospel. But we also have this idea that, well, missionaries, that's their job. Like, you know, they, right. they, they go out there and they do that. That's what they're supposed to do. You know, and we just, <laughs> you know, we kind of do it, you know, if it works out for us. But, you know, the missionaries, they're the ones, you know, who God's called to do that. No, no, no. Right. God has called, called all of us to to share the gospel and uh, to spread the word. And so I love that story because it's just a reminder of how powerful uh, God's call is for all of us. And it isn't whether or not your job is in the ministry specifically. It's God has called you wherever you are in whatever sphere of influence you have. Even if it's only a couple people or one person, God has put you there for a reason. And we are supposed to be a light in the darkness no matter where we are. And to also remember that there are seasons to life. Because you may not, I mean, well, not may, it's true. Like you have a certain sphere of influence when you're in college that then goes away. And then you have a sphere of influence in your 20s that then goes away, you know. And so it changes as you age. And you have to also be aware of that, that not only has God given you opportunity where you are, but that's not always going to be there. So take advantage of it because your life will change as you as you go on. Mm, I like that. Yeah, it I like I like the season part of that. Yeah, like like the seasons, like it's so true. It's like sometimes we are so like like in that season is when we can speak better to to different people, and I kind of like that point of that. Yeah, it made me think of last season our episode with Tuan. He had a season where he was the gang leader, but he had just accepted Christ. And he felt weird leaving, saying, you're no longer good enough for me now that I have Christ. So he actually stayed and ministered to them for a while, got them to go to church. And eventually, of course, he did stop being a gang leader, right? Because that <laughs> that season had to pass. Mm-hmm. However, um, you're absolutely right. Like missionaries, that's why this whole season exists, is to get inspired in, in how they can how they can share the word. Because, you know, the, the way that we got to know you is through the nature of God on the Minnow app, where you're 
giving kids access to a show that says, you know, God intricately designed this animal with intention to do this thing. Instead of saying 72 billion years ago, (laughs) this thing crawled out of the muck. You know, like when I have to like, I mean, Kalia watches some stuff and every once in a while it's not Christian. And I'm like, okay, so that's a straight up lie, Kalia. They're just telling a story, you know, like, and and it's nice to not have to always do that. And Mm -hmm. yet if everyone was just a missionary and not do doing other things like you are, that would not be the case. So, so then, yeah. so then on that, like yeah. we're, we're talking about seasons, we're talking about what you've done, um, you know, starting in, in video and, you know, doing all of the, the cool things, your degree, but where did this all kind of start? Where did this transpire? How did you f- get this idea that like, this is the direction I want to go. And then what kind of road was that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good question. And, uh, and it's a, it's an interesting one because, um, I didn't have any major connections or anything growing up. I, uh, was born and raised raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and was a, was homeschooled uh, from the very beginning. Uh, it actually was illegal to homeschool when my mom started, and so times have changed. Wow. And uh, and so I, uh, I my mom was one of the pioneers of homeschooling in the 1980s, and so um, I went through the very beginning phases when homeschooling was only that weird thing that some families did, and why would you do that, and you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and now it's completely mainstream, and there um, are you know, tons of uh, publications and curriculums produced specifically for homeschooling. I always loved God's creation. And basically, my mom just fostered that uh, natural curiosity and interest. And so um, I wanted to, you know, engage more with the natural world and with animals. That really was exciting to me. And, um, And so all my childhood, she just encouraged that and then I uh, volunteered in high school with some herpetologists at, uh, at a turtle research project in Michigan. And uh, there were a bunch of grad students doing work where they were tagging turtles, catching turtles from the wild, tagging them, putting radio and transmitters on them, releasing them, all this kind of stuff. I loved it, but oh, wow. realized that I was personally too much of a creative and people person and artistic person to exclusively do academic research. And so I was like, this is fun, mm. but probably not for me. 24 seven for the rest of my life. And so I was like, so what do I do with that? Well, it was actually somebody at that research project that said, well, why don't you take your interest in the arts uh, and combine it with your interest in the science and sciences and do something like uh, discovery channel. And I was like, well, that's, it's a pretty good idea. And having grown up watching Marty Stauffer's wild America on PBS and uh, the crocodile hunter on animal planet, I was like, Hey, that is right up my alley. And that is something that I would enjoy doing. So <laughs> I immediately started practicing in the backyard, filming, you know, stuff myself. Um, and, you know, basically worked uh, to try and create my own nature show with home video equipment. And uh, and so I didn't have a lot to work with wow. um, because this is in the days before editing video editing software was readily available. And this is even before the days of YouTube right. when you could just post anything to the world. So so then hold on. Yeah. How old, how old, were, old, old were you again? <laughs> so I was 16 when I was in Y'all, the pros of trying to figure- Look, Hold on. I'm, I'm shouting out homeschool real quick. Homeschool. <laughs> I know. Homeschool, so, 16. So, I'm going to just make a documentary. But I want the fostering. I want to know. So I know, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Just real quick. And I know we're, we're because we're moving fast. I mean, yes. I don't want to get behind and, and lose something here. Yeah. Because your mom, homeschool, fostering. Uh, what did she do? 
like, yeah. like a, a couple little things that she might have done to like help foster that. Like, what? Did, I mean, come on. It was back in the day. It's like, well, all we had was the zoos. It's not like we had like those little kits on the on. Like, oh, come on. I it's go in so the store now. now. It's like you get these little science science kits on the shelf at Target, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, no. My mom was very creative, and so she um, made sure that our um, homeschool experience was very diversified. So if it was the sciences, we would watch you know PBS documentaries about certain topics, even though they weren't Christian, we'd have that dialogue about worldview. And so we'd watch things. We would go to the zoo. We would go to nature centers. We would, um, we would read books. And oftentimes my mom was really good about whether it was history or whether it was science. We, she would read aloud books that had narrative elements to it. So let's learn about the civil war, but we're not going to read a textbook about it. We're going to watch the movie Gettysburg and we're going to read the book dog Jack, which is about a young man, um, part of the 54th regiment that was all African-American and about the story about him and his dog and his experience through that. Mm. So we, we learned through storytelling. And, and there was another book, um, All on a Mountain Day, which was basically a storyline of this habitat and all the animals and what happened to them in the, one, the course of one day. And you would learn about the bobcat chasing the rabbit. But in another you know, chapter, you learned about everything from sort of like the rabbit's perspective. Wow, you know? yeah. And so like wow. you learned about nature and ecosystems yeah. from a storytelling point of view. And yeah. so my mom taught from storytelling, which is very important. And then um, and then also she went the uh, extra mile. She got uh, certified as a wildlife rehabilitator and we uh, oh, raised wow. and released orphan baby mammals like squirrels and bunny rabbits wow. uh, so that we could have that experience as well. <laughs> that Michelle's looking my way. I'm, I'm like, I'm if, doing if it. I do it, will you be mad? <laughs> no, I, I would not be mad. Yes. I love squirrels. <laughs> Perfect. I know. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, no, I love, I, I want to highlight that for people because sometimes you hear that the mission field, um, your mom's church actually has a really cool one uh, where you drive out of the church parking lot and it says now entering your mission field. Yep. And that's really cool. Mm. Except some people forget that like in their house can also be the mission field. Mm -hmm. Like the person beside you, if you didn't marry a believer or mm -hmm. if you have children, your mission field is outside your body, right? Yeah. And technically, wherever you are, like that's your mission field, right? Mm -hmm. and, I, and so I like that idea and I want to expand on it and show mm -hmm. that even though you were your mom's kid and we think often, you know, the the mission is to go tell like people we don't know because we instantly think of discomfort and rejection mm -hmm. and stepping outside your comfort zone, except your mom started with you, you know, training up the children in the way they should go from, you yeah. know, from all the, and being very intentional with it, um, so I wanted to to give her kudos, but also just like let everybody sit in that for a second, realize that the mission work starts right there right. And, and is very intentional. And it's with those, you know, as well as those that you don't know. Right. So it's, it's amazing. His mom. That yeah. Was, you were her mission. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. So um, Plus probably a hundred other things. But I don't right. Know. Yeah. We right. don't know your mom, but I'm sure she <laughs> we want to meet like, your mom. Yeah, like, wait, She'll wait. be on the show. <laughs> We've done that before. We've told people your parents yeah. actually need to be on because you're cool, but they're cooler for making you. So FYI, um, be forewarned. We'll have a season of moms and dads of our past guests. Um, bam, just decided. But um, but so you you start like you paused the story where you had made a, a documentary like as a 16 year old. It was yeah. tough because, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like today where there's it's, I can do this easily by downloading Adobe. Yes. Um, so what did you do with that? And, and how did you get from there 
till your very first, like, mm-hmm. I guess I'll say like brand name opportunity. Like where, sure. how, how did that happen? Yeah. And before I dive into that, I'll just comment on what you guys were talking about that. Um, one of the, one of the guys who works here at answers in Genesis, who's a former pastor and, uh, and who works, um, you know, with, uh, a lot of wonderful aspects of the ministry and he's a good counselor. Uh, one of the things he told me recently, he was, when we were talking, he said, your, your mission field is always first and foremost, your family. Mm. And he was just saying, so just to reiterate what you guys are saying, he's like, when he's like, you know, when you're looking at, you know, you have like Peter, your job is to, you know, to minister to these kids and everything else that you're doing, but you have to, you can't forget your, your mission field at home. And, you know, and that's, that's part of your sphere. And that, and that's, that's right. Like you said, right in front of you. And you can't, uh, you can't forget that or, or, or second, make that secondary. And so it's important to keep that in the forefront of, of your mind um, as, as life gets busy. And so, um, but to answer your question, uh, so I wanted to make my own nature show. So I created one uh, called Beyond Your Doorstep with Peter Schramer. And uh, and so my I, you have to go with what you have available to you. And so I had a home video camera and a younger brother. And so that's what I <laughs> that's what I use because that's all I had. <laughs> And going so, to work, son. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I was 16 and my brother Mark was 13 and he ran the camera and I hosted the show. And because I had literally no editing software and I was a perfectionist and wanted things to actually look good, um, we shot an entire 20 minute episode in camera, meaning every take was live and we shot it in sequence. And so basically we planned out what we were going to do. And so every take was a live take and that was it. Wow. So we recorded it in order and when you play your 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 tape back it's all done it's all edited oh wow there you go that's how i thought tv was made back in the day so kudos Kudos to you you. well for some of us it was and so yeah old man in the room (laughs) so we did that and uh, what i did is i then showed that to a production company um that my father's a business attorney and so this was like a client of his and it was local and i wanted to learn more about editing because i couldn't edit with what i had available to me and so i said here's my video that i made and i love to like work for you guys learn how the world works on in the world of production and they said hey this is a really good tape do you want to maybe turn this in try and turn this into a show and so, um, so I worked with them for a year as a production assistant, learning the world of film and video production. And they in turn sort of worked with me to take what I had done with my brother and develop it into um, something we could professionally produce. And so their company um, mostly made their money from doing commercials and industrial and corporate film stuff, but they had done some um, faith-based uh, sort of entertainment educational based videos that they had done. And so they were like, Hey, this is another opportunity to do something like that. Let's partner with Peter. So we went ahead a year later after Mark and I shot our little video, we shot it again, but this time with a production crew. And so that video then um, was edited together and uh, I learned a ton through that whole process. And um, the video went on to air on Detroit PBS and uh, win the People's Choice Award at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, which was hosted that year in Anaheim, California. And so I was 18 when all of that started happening. And I was like, this is it. This is- <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I made it. I know. I am going to be the next crocodile hunter by the time I'm 30. <laughs> it's like, this is. <laughs> Man, y'all keep piercing my heart with that name. Anyways, later. <laughs> later, y'all. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I-, I-, I mourned. Uh, anyway. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. And so I uh, was like, this is it. And so um, I went on to go to college at that Mm. point and I get a 
get a degree in uh, film and video production because I knew that I could always learn about wildlife and animals and study that. But if I was not going to go into biological science as a job, then I needed to know how to do storytelling and communication properly because as a film and video guy, as a director, as a writer, I can do lots of different types of productions and stories. I'm not limited to wildlife television, um, even though that was the reason and the focus and the push behind what I wanted to do. So when I was 17, I already decided, like, Mm. I'm going to be a wildlife filmmaker. Like, I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Marty Stauffer and I'm going to do this thing and and then, you know, I also grew up watching uh, LeVar Burton on Reading Rainbow and and LeVar was so genuine and so real with how he presented himself on camera that even as a child, I knew I didn't know him, but I felt like I knew him. I felt like this guy's my friend, mm. like he's a really great guy and he really cares about me and what I'm learning. And so I was like, I want to do that for kids someday. And he was a big influence for me um, going forward too, wanting to be a host, being able to, to, to give to kids in that, in that kind of capacity. So anyway, so we made Beyond Your Doorstep. It aired, won the award. I went to school. Um, one of the things they don't teach with film school is how to make money at it. And so I, <laughs> <That's> I college, <laughs> yes, <it's> college. <laughs> and so I was reading um, books on how to do business proposals on my lunch breaks, because mm. as a good homeschooler, I was in charge of my own education, regardless of what I was being fed and told. And so I was like, OK, I, I need to learn what I need to learn in order to make this work. And so I graduated and actually, believe it or not, almost got picked up by Disney Channel. Uh, right out of college. And um, I had been taking my concept and developing it into a younger kid format that might fit what uh, Playhouse Disney was was um, looking to do at that point. Um, almost to the point that I was about to fly out to California and have a conversation. That's how serious we were getting. And then there was a big shift with inside of Disney in terms of what direction they were going to go as a network and anything that didn't fit that new paradigm was dropped. And so I was dropped with all of that. And of course, at that time, you know, that was, you know, when you're like in college and you have this video and you're like, this is it. Disney will put me on the map. You know, I'm going to be, you know, if I'm on Disney, then that's, you know, everyone will know who I am and I can actually have that career. Well, of course, God was sparing me from working with Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) And so um, in retrospect, that was the best thing that could have happened. Um, And uh, and it was a less woke time also. And so I wasn't as concerned back then with the same things we are now. But um, but God spared me from working there. And um, and said, I have something else for you instead. So I gave myself one day to feel very sad for myself and then um, got right back on, you know, submitting proposals and, and going forward, trying to get my show off the ground. And I learned that it matters how you present yourself. If I was to call a network and say, hey, my name is Peter Schremer and I have this nature show idea and I have this pilot episode and I want to talk to somebody, they'd be like, yeah, uh, that's nice. Uh, we don't really want to talk to you. And then if I called them back and I said, yes, I'm Peter Schremer. I'm a producer with so-and-so productions. And uh, I have a proposal with uh, with a with a demo tape that I'd like to submit for consideration. They'd be like, oh, OK, let me put let me patch you through the right person. And I'm like, OK, so it's you know, I'm not lying you know, but I, it depends on how you present yourself. Are you presenting yourself as a professional? Are you presenting yourself in a way that they're going to be open to hearing you? Or are you just saying, Hey, look at me, you know? And so I had to learn how to present myself. And during that period. And so I graduated, I'm trying to get the show off the ground. And at the time that I was in, I got to talk to uh, David Royal, who is in charge of Smithsonian channel then. And now Um, he was the only employee of the entire network. 
And it was so brand new. He was the only one. <laughs> and so it basically went, hey, we need content and you look good and you did a cool thing. We need nature stuff. We need kids stuff. And my buddy Chris says you're good. So, hey, we'll hire you. And uh, it took my concept of beyond your doorstep and repackaged it into Critter Quest. So Critter Quest was the the first, like to your point earlier, what was the first big break I had that gave me some notoriety? That was it. Because once you are a Smithsonian Channel host, that's that's your calling card. You know, that's that's your thing. The people take right. you seriously if you say the Smithsonian Channel had me as an expert and as a host on a program. There, there's not a lot of questions, and so um, that was my conduit for right. being able to do other projects then that happened afterwards. Now, I remember from our pre-chat that I believe it was CritterQuest, but you started getting letters or emails. I don't know, you know, at what time frame this was, like how people were like sent communicating with you. But like the parents started asking you a very specific question. Yes. Because of very specific things you were or were not doing. Can you go into that a little? Yes. So um, so working for the Smithsonian, um, you have to understand that they're very anti-Christian um, on just about all fronts. And so they didn't know that they were hiring a uh, evangelical uh, creationist <laughs> when they when they hired me. And so um, but the good thing was this. I was writing the scripts. I was mm. writing the content. And so I just didn't talk about evolution. I didn't talk about the things I had an issue with. I just talked about the here and the now and the fun facts. And you know what? And I've, you know, I've mentioned him before several times that Steve or even Steve Irwin, who was an evolutionist, um, said the word design on his show. I, it, stuck, it stood out to me because I was watching. And when he when he said the word design, I'm like, huh, if he can say the word design, I can say the word design right. on my show. Right. And so um, so I use the word design and purpose when I was talking about how animals are, you know, operate. And so I said everything but the buzzwords that would be associated directly with with Christianity. And uh, and so I referred to my Critter Quest show as my evolution free show. And uh, <laughs> and so I had a dad write to me and he said, hey, we love Critter Quest. And we love what you're doing, but we notice that you don't talk about evolution and you don't say the things that most TV hosts say when it comes to science. We want to know, are you a Christian? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you saw, you saw what I was doing. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's like cool too, that when we look at this, there was an intentionality. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. We, you know, we, we, we're saying, saying you could do it wherever you want to do it, wherever you want to do it. You know, like you got, you're being created and designed and all these cool things that God has made you, but you also had intentionality. Yeah. You had an opportunity. And so therefore you adjusted the language, kept it on the, on the creation side, mm -hmm. but you're very intentional and you thought out everything that you spoke. And I think that's, that's really important for people to understand too. This isn't just like throw it to the wind and say whatever. Cause sometimes we get caught saying some stuff that we probably should have said, <laughs> but uh, be intentional uh, in your mm -hmm. ministry as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I noticed that um, when we were watching, I mean, clearly nature of God in the title. I mean, you're, you, you know, but, um, very intentional language. Cause sometimes people just slap Christian stuff on it. Like the forever 21 bag has, I think John three sixteen on the bottom, but then the, the shirt says like juicy and you're like, wait, what? Um, and so you're like, okay, I'm a little confused, but, but, um, but yeah, so you were very intentional not to just say this is Christian. It's going to sound the exact same, but like, even back then, I think that that's an important thing for people to note uh, as well, is that you chose the language, you knew the 
you you read the room. You knew mm-hmm. the pulse on what you were surrounded by. And it was a very Paul kind of moment in it, in the sense of you knew where you were and you picked your battle in such a way that you could actually fight it. Because there are those who would say, well, I'm a Christian and I'm going to come in here, Christian words blazing, and I'm going to make sure you consent to me saying my Christian words mm-hmm. or else I'm walking away. Yes. And how often that succeeds is up to the Lord. It does sometimes, it doesn't others, but you came in with a heart to give an alternative and, um, and not just go in to build it for yourself, but also to bring him glory in it and to take Mm -hmm. those steps. Um, so since then, um, you, you've done a lot of shows. We won't get go into all of them, but I mean like, so in all these years, you've had a lot of you know, interactions with the kids that you've impacted and maybe even like older adults that, that grew up on your stuff. Um, what kind of impact has that had on you? I know it's, it impacted them, Mm -hmm. but actually seeing, you know, the quote unquote fruits of our labor sometimes in the long run can really impact us. I want to, I want to jump on something just for you actually, because of, of what you, who you, who you grew up respecting. William Wilberforce, talking about being intentional and, and talking about sharing the word of God. He actually said, there are four things that we ought to do with the word of God. Admit it as the word of God, commit it to our hearts and our minds, right? And submit to it and transmit it to the world. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was very interesting. As, as I'm mm-hmm. looking at this quote, it just pops yeah. up. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. That because yeah. that's what you were doing. It's not that you're <laughs> yeah. sitting there quoting the Bible, but right. you, it's in your heart. It's in your mind. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's in your mannerisms and, and how you present that. But anyways, yeah. back to the kids that you've influenced. But I just thought that was yeah. a good quote by Wilbur, uh, Wilberforce. Man. No, that's actually really yeah. cool. But but yeah, like the kids that you've influenced, we know that they had an impact, like you had an impact on them. But what kind of impact yeah. have you felt from doing this, you know, for them? You know, the Bible talks about speaking with grace, you know, right. to people and, and it is tempting. Um, and sometimes I think, you know, appropriate to be, like you said, uh, more forceful, you know, right. with, with our Christianity, with people. I think, um, we need to let the Lord lead on those moments. Um, but I have, you know, working within two different spheres that are not friendly to Christianity. A lot of the time, yeah. the production world, and mm. the uh, environmental world, <laughs> you know, right. they, uh, they're not friendly to Christianity um, in general. I, I did not want to be the belligerent Christian who you couldn't work with because he demanded his way right. and, 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 and was chastising everyone and saying, this is the way we need to be. And I'm not doing anything unless it's my way or the highway. That's not how we want to come across. Right. And so um, I was very cognizant of that and wanting to be like, how, how do I play, play nice with people without compromising. That's, that's the ticket. And, um, and so I think like Critter Quest was an example where how do I work with people who are actually not friendly to the gospel, um, but I'm still being true to myself and who God has called me to be. And I'm not compromising my values. And it was even interesting too. I'll just also add that um, when I went on to do the nature of God, there was a little bit of like anxiety because I'm like, okay, I just did the Smithsonian thing. And what if they find out? What if they find out that I'm a Christian and I'm doing this? Is my is my career with them in the future totally gone? You know, and of course I, that you can't let that drive what you do. Right. Um, but I actually did have a moment where I had a conversation with one of the guys. I forget if it was uh, it, it was the president or the vice president of the network, and I told him I'm doing this thing. But again, words matter. Right. And so what I said was this: 
I'm I'm doing this series for Zonovan Publishing, and it's a it's a faith based series because I think the evangelical market and audience is important to reach when it comes to matters of stewardship and uh, wildlife conservation. And who's going to argue with that? <laughs> right, right. That's a good way to play. <laughs> right. Way to form it. Mm-hmm. So it does matter how you talk about things. So when I told that to me, he's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'm like, yes, it does. <laughs> they so, thought you were evangelizing the evangelists, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, but in terms of the kids, um, you know, it's, that's of course really what drives what I'm doing. I mean, I'm, I'm doing these programs, what it, whichever show it is, is trying to, in an era where um, so many young people spend time in front of a phone and we live in a culture uh, when it comes to the environmental side of gloom and doom, everything kids hear yes. is about how people are horrible for the environment and how the world is ending. And so that's not a pretty picture when you, when that's all you hear. And so my whole bent has been positivity, hope, ownership of the fact that we can make a difference in this world and god has called us to do that and it's an exciting adventure every time you step outside your door i'm playing off of the natural curiosity that children have and the imagination that children have and helping them to encourage that and foster that in their own life going forward and seeing that me as an adult i'm totally cool with having that imagination and that excitement and that sense of adventure and if peter does it and he loves it and it's cool then i can do it too i mean that's what i want kids to do and they have been i mean it's been it's actually been super cool on this homeschool conference going on right now because so many homeschool families uh, are supporters of Answers in Genesis and watch Hike and Seek, which is my current show that I'm doing on Answers.tv. And uh, I joke that this past week I've been, it's been like Mickey Mouse at Disney World. I walk out at the Ark and I'm just all these kids. It's Peter Schremer. It's Peter Schremer. And they're coming over and I'm signing and autographing their backpacks and I'm getting pictures with them. And little kids who are like eight years old are saying, I got my backpack and let me show you all the cool things I have in my backpack, just like you have on the show. I have my binoculars. I have my I, I have my Bible. I have my nature journal. I have this thing. And they're they're all super excited. And they've changed how they're living because yes. of what I say to do on the show. And it's I've, I'm finally getting to see that. I'm finally getting wow. to see kids like come up to me and be like. And I had a dad tell me, you know, just yesterday, he says, yeah, the only reason all my kids are wearing backpacks is because of your show. They have everything they need all the time because you tell them to be prepared. And so they are always prepared and they are all set because of you. <laughs> If something's going to influence your kids, let it be something like hike and seek that is made by a believer who is who is helping set this tone because we see the the repercussions of that repercussions is a negative sounding word. But we see we see the fruit of that when they when they're like carrying backpacks, being prepared for well, that. I mean, we, we can look at the Christian walk as two things. You know, yeah. we, do, we do indoctrinate our kids. <laughs> right. I'm like everyone indoctrinates with grace, with grace and love. I'm just saying. But no, I, it, it, it is so cool that, that people get to um, see that you're actually doing things for the kids, especially mm-hmm. in, in today. Uh, we without talking deep in all this stuff, yeah. but we have gone in a direction and we are seeing more families who are like, I'm not no homeschool. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome to see programs like yours mm-hmm. that kids, they have accessibility to. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at y'all. Okay. I'm a really shout out now. Answers.tv. It's <laughs> only thirty nine ninety nine a year y'all. Yeah. And, and you get like all of these programs that are based off of creation. So, mm-hmm. so when you put these programs together now, what are you doing exactly? I mean, I, I know you're doing the TV show, but what else do you do with uh, answers in Genesis? So I do uh, live talks and presentations at the creation 
museum. And so I'll be on a, a rotation. It has to be around my filming schedule because I'm not always available. But throughout the year, um, when if you, to, you were to show up to the Creation Museum on any given day, there are some live presentations or talks being given that you can just sit in and enjoy as part of your experience. And uh, I am sometimes on that rotation. And so I will talk about uh, conservation. And the biblical approach to being a steward of God's creation and the worldview that we are at odds with in our culture of environmentalism, uh, which always looks at as people are the bad guys. People are always evil and the responsible for all the things wrong with the world. And you have to protect nature from people. That's the environmental movement in a nutshell. Whereas I say the conservation um, worldview, which is biblical, is that. We are supposed to use the resources that God mm. has given us, and we are stewards of those things to manage yes. the world because the world is not ours, it is God's. And so the conservation approach is God has given us stuff to actually use and engage with, and that's a good thing. But we also right. need to take care of it so future generations can enjoy it as well. And so I talk about that, but then we also, of course, bring out some live animals. And so I talk about uh, different creatures that we have, and I talk about the backpack and what do you take with you when you go hiking into God's creation. And so I I do live presentations like that at the museum, but uh, even outside of Hike and Seek, I'm still in, engaged in uh, some other productions as well. If you check out Journey Through the Creation Museum and Journey Through the Ark Encounter, both of those are 30-minute videos that I wrote and host, uh, basically giving people a, a visual quick highlight tour of both attractions and what's inside of them and why they're in a fun place for you to visit with your family. That is awesome. I love that is it. so awesome. I love all that Answers in Genesis does. Um, we we have some of their resources, and I plan to to you know build our little library as she grows. But one of the things that you've said throughout here is like the storytelling. Your mom taught you through stories, and that catapulted you into learning more about storytelling, and that's how you help influence the next generation. What would you say other than storytelling are some great ways to get them invested and like on fire for the Lord as mm -hmm. a little? Yeah. Well, I want to also, before I get into that specifically, I want to say that um, I think the storytelling part, again, is really important because in a world where we're always at war when it comes to information, like, and, and debating. Everyone's debating on social media about everything. And if you say a fact, someone says, no, that's not true, blah, blah, and they just, you know, so all this stuff. <laughs> if you say, the Lord saved my life and I have a personal relationship with him, and it has made my life infinitely better and different and full of joy. And I now have purpose when I did not. However, your personal story is, but when you're communicating that, no one can tell you you are wrong. Right. <laughs> it's like no one can say, well, no, the facts say no, no, no. This is your personal story. Right. They There's cannot tell you that your personal story is not true. Yeah. And so storytelling is important. And something my grandfather always said, who was a, a Baptist minister, um, he he said, when it comes to evangelism, stop being nervous about how you talk about God. How would you talk about your wife or your husband mm. or your friend if you were communicating to someone new. You would just talk about them. You would mm. say, well, my brother said X, Y, and Z, or last weekend my brother and I did this thing, or he told me this story. Talk about God the same way, he said. Right. Just talk about God like he's real. Talk about God like he exists, and he is part of an active, he's an active agent in your life. And so don't be hesitant and, and, and we're just say, you know what, you know, God's been teaching me a lot right now in my life and just say it. And I think that that gives a lot of freedom 
if people think that way, because then you're not worried about how do I say it? No, just say it because mm-hmm. that's who you are. And that's your relationship with God. Don't hide it. Don't be embarrassed by it. Consider it like anybody else you have a close relationship with. And you were talking about them. Talk about them that way. And I think that's a great piece of advice. That's 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 so telling because I work in research (laughs) 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 and I don't just blast people like you don't blast people. But when people look and they ask, how are you getting through this? How are you going through this? It gives me that beautiful opportunity. I'm like to share. Well, because God is getting me through it. You know, it's not like, and you, and you claim it. I think that's what you're saying. You just claim it. It's like, okay, this is my personal relationship. It's not my religion. It's my personal relationship. Um, and it's amazing how people respond. Now they don't always just jump on board that. I want I want a piece of that right now, but there's a mutual understanding of who you are. Mm-hmm. And they respect that, and I like that. So then we were also gonna—he was gonna jump in on something else. And kids, kids, talking yeah. about how do you accept yeah. them? And uh, before working at Answers in Genesis, um, I also was a, uh, a youth pastor for middle school for a few years. And so um, one of the things that I think a lot of youth pastors fail at, unfortunately, is that they think they need to be loved by the students and they need to be viewed as cool by mm. the students. And that is the only way that the students will pay attention to whatever they have to teach is if they. They are somehow accepted by the students as being cool and kids see right through that. And so I, I, and I saw through that when I was in high school and when I was in middle school and I'm like, you know what? I am not going to be that guy. And so my whole perspective, which translates into the field of evangelism for young people is don't try to be their buddy. Don't try to be cool because you are not their age and you're not supposed to be. And so what you want to do is communicate your passion and your enthusiasm Mm. for God's word. If you think God's word is cool and you're excited about it and you want to learn it and you want to share with them because it's so awesome, that's all you got to do because kids will feed off of that energy Mm. and they'll be like, man, if this is so awesome for him, I got to know about this thing too. So I think one simple way as opposed to being afraid of how do I say it to kids, just be excited about it. You know, and don't worry about how they're interpreting or reacting to it. Just be excited because you're sharing, again, your story, your excitement, your passion. Mm, And so you need to be genuine and real with kids and be excited. If you're excited, they'll be excited. And um, so that's a big thing. And I think the other thing, too, of course, going along with that is don't speak to children like they're dumb. (laughs) You know, speak to kids like they're intelligent human beings who are young. I mean, you know, kids, kids are intelligent and yes, you have to be age appropriate in how you communicate with what words you use and how you describe things. I get it. But my point is talk to them like they're intelligent individuals who can understand what you're saying Mm. and, and they will respect and rise to the occasion. And so kids also respond to, Hey, this adult is dumbing down to me. Like I can't get you know, life. And this like, they, they understand when that's going on. And so I think, um, and those are just sort of general communication things, but I think they apply very strongly when it comes to evangelism, evangelism and the gospel uh, for kids is you need to be fired up yourself and you need to talk to them like they can take it, you know? (laughs) And so, um, and I think kids, kids get inspired by that. They like to know that adult says, Hey, I think you can handle, you know, a, a, a big conversation or a big idea. And I think that you could get fired up about this thing because you have something to contribute to. And that's the whole thing. And so, um, 
I think those would be my basic, you know, sort of approaches in general. But um, like my mom did, just use all kinds of different ways to to engage in whatever you're learning. Watch something, do a game, read from the Bible itself, of course, have them read if they're old enough. Do do it in different ways. Don't just lecture. Find right. different ways, whether it's tactile or just different engagement ways where they're engaged in it to to learn about the gospel, to learn about the Bible, um, make it fun, make it interesting. My mom has been teaching a four year old Sunday school for a very long time, and she has all of these little models, these little wooden figures and all of this little wooden boat for for Noah and a little donkey and all. And she has like this like little silk of. A strip of blue that she always puts down to create a river. And then she has like, you know, little, these little peg people, they made a wood that she has go across as the disciples. And, but the point is she's telling this story to these little kids and she's using all these visual elements and they're totally engaged. And so be creative, you know, be, be yeah. fun. And I think that's, that's important. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. That's, that that's made a good... me think of Miss Casey, shout oh, yeah. out to Miss Casey, who is our, pastor's wife and also our little Littles nurse ministry. like super little like n- ministry so um two now three to seven three yeah, to three eight is three to seven um, which like is that. a huge range like that's different stages all in one room but they she does it amazingly and also my forensics teacher miss deekman because <laughs> that's why she was cool but why was she cool because she would drive to a farm and get a dead goat she was our forensics teacher and she would lug <laughs> that thing in her car flies and all dump it in the back of the school and be like we're gonna watch this thing rot and wow. you're gonna learn how to date a dead body and we were like whoa like there was no textbook in this mm-hmm. class there wow. was like it like our final was read a murder case and recreate it in a diorama mm. and the blood splatter needs to be accurate and there needs to be evidence and we're like oh my gosh and <laughs> And to this day, I'm like, I'll point it out to kids. I'll be like, you know, that bug right there, that me, the fact they haven't laid the eggs yet, that means it's fresh. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think that from a Bible standpoint, like that's what it is. It's like, okay, one of the biggest, it, it gets more natural when you're like, when you're in love with the Bible, when you're in love with the Lord, when, when it's alive for you already, then you probably already have ideas on how to make this shareable to mm-hmm. kids and adults yeah. you know mm-hmm. like I said earlier like there is power in your testimony and that's kind of why the yeah. psychology says stories activate your whole brain mm-hmm. and that's why the bible's in stories that's why because he wants to engage all of us so well, look, look how, look how he engages so cool. though did you see how he engaged the whole yes. audience right there yes he said enthusiasm then the man the uh, dudes he said fired up so he said enthusiasm and fired up all in one sentence, blended it together. And somebody out there caught like, yo, I mean, this yeah, it is right. And then one dude's like, I'm fired up. I know. <laughs> but, I, I love it. But, but that's how we need to be. Yes. When we're sharing the word of God, why do we share it? Not because we're like, OK, well, pff, pff, no, I have to. I have to. No, because it's exciting. God is exciting. What God has created is exciting. His son is exciting. What he did on the cross is exciting. What the Holy Spirit does for us every day is exciting. And so it's like, thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you yes. for, for bringing, honestly, this stuff so my daughter can watch it and even know your name. Be like, I like Peter Schreiber. I came home and I'm like, who is Peter Schreiber, honey? Who's this, who's I know. this guy? She was like, she was sitting with him. Let's watch Peter Schreiber. He's like, 
What Who did you that? say? I don't even know what you said. And I'm like, oh, it's this show. But, <laughs> it's but really we, cool. Yeah, <laughs> but we're thankful that you're, you're doing this for, for our kids and for, mm-hmm. for yes. the generations to come because they need to know. Mm-hmm. They need to know. And I think a lot of that is being erased and we need to be able to have that put back into place so that people understand how things work. Yeah. 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 No, this, this has been awesome. And before we wrap it up and have you let people know how they can connect with you and all that, do you have any final thoughts on the theme of this season, this go and tell season? Do you have anything you want to leave people with? Well, I think just sort of a recap on a couple of things I said, which is to remember that we're all missionaries and everything around us is our mission field all the time. And you do not need to be specifically equipped to be able to share the gospel. The disciples were from all different walks of life. And God was, Jesus was pulling fishermen out of the water and saying, Hey, you're going to, you're going to switch from (laughs) manual labor of fishing and you're going to start preaching the word. They didn't have that education. And so don't think that it's all up to the, the missionaries and the pastors and, and the leaders to do it. No, 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 no. God calls all of us. And so, and you don't have to have a degree or a special background to do it. You just have to be real about your faith and your passion for it and what God has done for you. And so it's not about how much you know, it's who you know. Amen. 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 Now, how can people get in touch with you and get access to the stuff that you have done and resources for kids? I have a public Facebook page. Um, I'm the nature guy. And so you can find me by searching my name, Peter Schremer or the nature guy. And then um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on all the social media, things like that. But um, I would say YouTube, my YouTube channel, which is Peter Schremer, you can uh, see clips of all kinds of different projects that I've done. Um, and uh, but for the new stuff that I'm doing with Hike and Seek, uh, there are six free episodes that we did from season one that are available on the Answers in Genesis YouTube channel. So go to Answers in Genesis on YouTube, click on videos, click on playlists, and Hike and Seek will be there. Six free episodes you can check out. And then for the rest, uh, like you said earlier, for the for four bucks a month, the price of a latte, you have access to <laughs> the entire so collection of not just Hike and Seek, but literally. I mean, like if you come to the Ark or the Creation Museum, we have obviously like a little bookstore gift shop in each in each place loaded with DVDs. They're all mm. on Answers.tv. Mm. And so and so there are also talks by lots of different people and experts on lots of different topics, sometimes very cultural, not focusing on the science, talking about worldview, whether it's a cultural topic of debate um, or um, like what it has to do with abortion and pro-life issues. We're all over that. There's stuff mm. on there to look at. Um, mm. So there's a lot of pieces. And so when you sign up for Answers.tv, it's for every age you can imagine, adults all the way down to little children. $4 a month, you can have access to that. And you can give or gift subscriptions to people oh, wow. as That's well. Cool. And so if you know a family that, hey, they really would benefit from this, you can purchase and send it to them as a gift. This is one place like you you guys have already mentioned where you don't have to worry about what your kids are watching. You don't have to worry about having to sit down and say, no, 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 no we don't believe that thing. It's like, no, this is all like very strongly biblically based content that's Amen. been vetted and it has been gone over carefully and your children can watch it and learn about God and have a strong foundation. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for chatting with Khalil pre-show and thank you for all you're doing. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. This is great. Of course. All right, everybody. Remember, all these links will be in the show notes. You can see all the verses, all the resources at thepantrypodcast.com. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. 
Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and catch other great shows on the Edify app, Spark Radio, Uplifted, and Eternity Ready Radio.